What is up, everyone? And welcome back to the Thundergrads. I'm your host tonight, Haley Hurst, and I'm here with analyst Michael Martin. And this week we are wrapping up the All-Star Games, the Rising Star Games, all the fun little challenges, and we're about to go right back into the season. But before we do, we're going to take time and recap all of that fun stuff. So, Michael, LeBron was talking about Presti pretty highly. Presti is the general manager for um, the OKC Thunder. And so what, how, what do you think is going to come of that little hype that LeBron gave him? I mean, it's always nice to get a little PR bump, especially from LeBron, so you know you're going to be on ESPN and all that stuff. But initially, my thought was he was doing it a little bit backhanded, trying to talk about his own GM, how they didn't make some trades, because he praised the Rams GM this weekend, he praised the Cavaliers GM this weekend, and Sam Presti. But, um, you know, LeBron has a point. The MVP of Oklahoma City and their organization has been Sam Presti for the most part throughout these years. I think the team has been around Oklahoma City for 14 years now. And he mentioned his eye for talent, and that's inarguable. He, you know, drafted Kevin Durant, which is an easy one, but a lot of those other picks are not no-brainers. Like, Russell Westbrook was a reach at that point in the draft. James Harden was a reach. He got guys like Demonis Sabonis, Serge Ibaka, Reggie Jackson, even Josh Giddy this year. A lot of them that were not consensus picks, but LeBron's got a point. And then also, you know, LeBron's always a little politicking. He might want to, he knows his son's going to be in the NBA a little bit, might want to soften Pressy up and see if uh, he can get Bronny Jr. on the Thunder. Here's the thing. If he gets LeBron Jr. on the Thunder, do you think LeBron's going to follow? Absolutely. LeBron has said that. He said, my last year in the league in 2024 will be wherever my son is playing. That's crazy. So just imagine LeBron Jr. will be the man of the draft because whoever gets him will get LeBron for at least just, I mean, for one season. But that duo on the court that's going to be very interesting. Do you have any thoughts about that? I know it's really far off. It's really far off, but I mean, Bronny's not even, he's going into his junior year right now. So we've got quite a bit of time left until he's going to be out there playing. But I don't even know if he's evaluated as a top 10 prospect yet. So we'll see. But I think some teams might raise him up in their draft boards to, for, just for the chance to get LeBron, even if he's going to be in his 40s by then. But, um, you know, LeBron talked a lot about Presti and being the MVP. And I just wanted to mention how lucky I think the Oklahoma City fan base is to have somebody like oh, Sam Presti to steer the ship for this rebuild. I mean, we mentioned the thing where he drafted Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Nobody in the history of sports has ever drafted three straight MVPs, so I think we have the right guy. But more than anything, he just provides a sense of culture and stability with this team that not a lot of other franchises have. Like You can watch Houston or Detroit or Sacramento, and there's no real direction or any real leadership there. It's just kind of they're just playing basketball, whereas Sam Presti, you can see there's a giant vision and overarching, I guess, uh, plan for what he wants to do with this team going forward. And I think Presti genuinely loves Oklahoma City. He loves working in this city. He loves working with this team. And I think that love just really translates to the players on the court who he recruits, because not only does he recruit great players, he recruits great young men, people that are um, going out and outreaching in their communities and also people that are philanthropic and I think that is super important especially when you're trying to rebuild and you're rebuilding with that brand for sure and Presti's talked a lot about it about how he loves Oklahoma and just some of the sensibilities and being resilient and some of those core values that he has as well and with him you mentioned he's the GM he's also the president of the organization so he's involved in all those things where you see like the thunder reading buses where they 
go out and donate courts. They do the um, different exercises where players go out there to like middle schools. That's all him. So it's not just basketball. He is the CEO. He is, you know, the president. He's doing all of it. We love Sam Presti. Do you have any any other thoughts on LeBron or Presti going into um, the post-break games? Um, just the idea of LeBron in a Thunder jersey is just hilarious <laughs> to me and just doesn't make sense. Could you even imagine? Like, I don't. I think LeBron would be too frustrated playing with younger players. That's just like my opinion because they don't know exactly what point, to do yet. At that point, he's forty years old and he's just wanting to play one year with his son. I think everything after that is gravy. Fair he enough. Said money doesn't even matter at that point. So, I mean, money probably doesn't even matter at the point where he's at now. He's no. one of uh, the most well-known players that has ever ever played the game. So, now, Michael, it's I was time. so excited last week when I talked to you about maybe doing some trivia. So, I've come up with some pretty good trivia questions. How many do you have? I have 13 total. I have five over the Thunder, five NBA, and three just fun little fact ones. But are you excited? I am excited. I'm out of 13. I hope that I get like eight or nine. Okay. I, th- I think that's reasonable. These aren't too hard. Mm-hmm. Well, in my opinion, they're not too hard, but Google thinks they're hard. So we'll I appreciate see. it. We'll, we'll see. see. Okay. We're going to start out with Thunder. So the first one is What city were the Thunder in before Oklahoma City, and how many seasons were they oh. there? It was Seattle, but cough. They were there since like the 70s. So I'll just take a shot in the dark. We'll say 43 years. You were so close. It's 41. That was an absolute shot in the dark. <laughs> I was just like, they've been there in the 70s and they re- got relocated in 2008. Let's see. Yeah, oh, that, that, was, that was pretty was close. Is that one point? Is that half a point? I would give you, yeah, I would give you a point and a half because that technically is like a two parter. So we're going in at a point and a half. All right. Good start. When the Thunder came to OKC, they had no permanent practice facility. They held their practices where? It was, um, it used to be a roller rink, right? No. (sighs) It was when they first came. When they first got here. I don't know. Southern Nazarene University. Oh, I didn't know that. Come on, Michael. I I had a lot of faith in you. they, They had, for a while, they practice in this place that used to be a roller rink, and now they have, like, their actual practice facility somewhere else. Okay, interesting. I did not know that. Hmm. One okay. for two. That's we'll, that's okay. We'll, we'll rebound. Well, you you got this next one. What draft picks were Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and James Harden when they were drafted to the Thunder? Kevin Durant was two. Yes. James Harden was three. Russell Westbrook was four. Correct. That's awesome. Okay. So now you're two for three. Who did? The Oklahoma City Thunder beat in their first game as the Thunder. Oh, who did they win against? I I know the first game they played was against the Milwaukee Bucks, and they lost. I am going to just have to guess 28 other teams. Let's see. Do you, do you want to use a hint? Yes. Can you give me a conference? Are they in the east or the west? Okay, well, let's just see here. I will pick who was bad in 2009. <laughs> um, let's just say the Kings for fun. No, I'll give you a hint. It's an animal. Like the, the mascot's an animal. That, how many animals are, is it the bulls? I don't know. No, it is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, I should have guessed that the Timberwolves are always bad. <laughs> wow, great shot there. Um, okay, last Thunder question. 
what percentage of the stadium seats filled in the Supersonic Stadium the last season that they were there versus the first season that the OKC Thunder was in Oklahoma City? So like out of 100%, what, yeah. how many were open or how many were filled? How many were filled? I know that, okay, so in Seattle, they knew the team was going to move, so they had some people there, but at the same time, their arena was old, which is why they had to move. I'll say it was like 65% full, 70. 79% full yeah. versus sold out every single out, game the yeah. first season it was in Oklahoma City. That makes sense. That was close. That was that was a really hard round. Like two out of five there. Yeah, two out of five. That's respectable. I'll I'll get all the NBA ones here. These these are hard. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to make them hard because I know how knowledgeable you are in basketball. So no, I was trying to trying to live me. up to the hype. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who has the most NBA MVPs? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes. How many does he have? Six. Yes. And then Michael Jordan has how many following him? Five. LeBron has. Let's see. He had, I think he has four or five. Yes, he yeah. has four. See, you got all of those right off the there bat. There we go. So easy easy I, I'm not there. too worried about these. Okay. What country was Kyrie Irving born in? Australia. Just yeah. like Josh Giddy. My heart, Josh Giddy. Wow. Um, which NBA team sent four players to the All-Star game in 2015? 2015 I'm trying to think of was it the Atlanta Hawks yes do you happen to know any of them who went this might be for extra points let's see Kyle Korver Al Horford um Jeff Teague Paul Millsap (laughs) that's correct all four wow yes that's insane okay what team currently has the most international players oh this feels like a trick question, like it's going to be the Thunder. I don't want to confirm that yet. It is not the Thunder. Okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and give you that. Who was really international here? Maybe the Dallas Mavericks? They're the second. Is it Toronto then? It is Toronto. That is correct. you know how many players? Just take a wild Let's guess. see. They have a 15 to 12-man roster. I'll say eight. Ten. Ten. Ten from nine different countries. That's incredible. Yeah, Masai Ujiri, who's their um, president of basketball operations, their version of Sam Presti, he is um, like one of the founders of the Basketball Without Borders in Africa. So he's found a lot of those guys like Joel Embiid and Pascal Siakam. That's so cool. I love to see how international the sport is. I know I was talking to you a couple weeks ago just how blown away I was that like so many people come in from other countries to play because the United States, we are the best of the best. It's a global sport. It's a lot of fun. It is absolutely. And so the last NBA question I have for you before we get into all the fun questions is what two defensive players won defensive player of the year, but did not make the all defense first team. Okay. Mark Gasol is one of them. Yes. Do you know what year? Just, it was 2012, 2012, it was 13. Ele- yeah. It was 12 13 because I remember Serge Ibaka was second in that one. He should have won it. Um, and then, gah, I I don't know. Can you give me, like, is it in the 2010s or what? No, it's, era? Two, it's the year before 2012. Tyson Chandler. Yes. Wow. That was a. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. So I- you only missed one out of the NBA. 
but you get bonus points for naming all four players who were in the All Star game for the Hawks. Yes. What is that? So we're at... so we'll give you an extra point for that to make up for the for the two that you got right in Kansas City. I mean, not Kansas City, the Thunder in Oklahoma City. And is it so seven out of ten, maybe. Yeah, you're at. You're well with the extra point. You're now at eight out of ten. I am so happy right now. Oh. Okay. What are the last three? This is just gravy. Just just some fun stuff. What is Kobe's middle Kobe Kobe Bryant's middle name? Kobe Bean Bryant. Yes, I thought that was so interesting. I've That's never fun. heard yeah. someone. No, his um dad was Joe Jelly Bean Bryant. I think I, Joe might not be right, but yeah, he played in the NBA as well. That's so cool. I love seeing these NBA families. Um, what is the rarest jersey in NBA history? To like buy? Yes. I don't know, a Rasheed Wallace Hawks jersey or something like that? No. So it's actually the Oklahoma Hornets Valentine's Day jersey. I love that jersey so much. It's weird that you brought that up because I went to that game whenever Chris Paul was playing in Oklahoma yeah. City. I have been searching the internet trying to find one of those, okay. even if it's a replica. I don't care. So the care. replicas are going for about $300 on eBay. But to get an original jersey... Guess how much it is. It's got to be like $3,000. $22,000. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember they had those out in the stands, and they were selling them for like a charity thing. It was a one-time only. Thunder, bring back the Valentine's Day jerseys. Yes. That's what we want. We want Josh Giddy and Shea in red jerseys for one day. Absolutely, and I would buy one of those jerseys in a heartbeat with Giddy's name on the I'm gonna, back for I'm gonna sure. I'm going to have to find some like DH Gate, like third-party <laughs> Chinese. A good third-party seller yeah, right I, there. I need, someone, I need a Chris Paul Oklahoma City Hornets jersey. Absolutely. Because the Hornets in Oklahoma City, that was just a crazy season for them. I so, mean, being displaced after Katrina. That's part of the reason why the Thunder came to Oklahoma City is they showed that they could, I don't know, um, provide a fanfare and support an NBA team. And so Clay Bennett, who ended up buying the, he was a member of like the San Antonio ownership group. He ends up leaving and buying the Supersonics from Seattle and getting Sam Presti, who was also in the San Antonio Spurs system, and then they move into Oklahoma City. I remember um, I went, like I mentioned, I went to opening night when the Thunder played. They got destroyed by Milwaukee. <laughs> it was still fun. But um, I remember David Stern, who was a commissioner at the time, he got out there and he said um, that the Oklahoma City fans have been rewarded for how they treated the Hornets. So that was really fun. And I, I still... Talk to my dad to this day. It's still bizarre that there's an actually an NBA team in Oklahoma City. I think it's so cool that it's right down the road. I was in Oklahoma City this weekend, and I drove past the stadium for the first time. We're going to get you in a game. Yes, I, I have to go to a game. Okay, last fun question. What year did the U.S. men's Olympic basketball team leave their medals and not attend the medal ceremony, and they are still waiting in the Olympic office to be picked up? I know this isn't really NBA. I just thought this was no, super interesting. No, this is okay. This is okay. We're stretching my mind here. Let's say... Do you need some background? Um, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say like 1996 or something like that. No, 1972. Oh, that was, it was probably during like a war or something. That's when the college guys were still going. Yeah, this was way before the Dream Team and before um, NBA players played, but... What happened was the games were held in Russia, mm -hmm. and so they accused the Russian refs that for cheating because the United States got second that year, so they refused to go to the to the um, 
the ceremony to get their medals and they are still to this day sitting in the olympic office i wonder if they're just in an envelope or if they're in a case or something like they're that. they're probably in a in case a, since a they're pretty closet. big yeah i wonder where they are because that's just that's just baffling to me is they didn't even like mail them to it's just like hey swing by the olympic office and pick them 10 out of 13 i'm i'm happy those yeah. were those were good questions those were some i i was really wrapping my that, brain that was good thank you thank we're you we're gonna have to do this again sometime yes this was this was interesting so anyone who's tuning in right now if you have any good trivia questions i could stump michael send them into the instagram please yeah we're please. gonna have to set up like a an award or something like that or some type of bet next time absolutely okay so trivia was fun and all, but let's get into this all-star weekend. What were your favorite moments? Any cool thoughts you had on the weekend? What's up? Well, I mean, the first story is you have Steph Curry going superhero mode. He gets 50 points. That was insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. 16 threes. Mm-hmm. He went 17 of 30 from the field, 16 of 27 from three. I can't believe he took 27 threes. But the previous record for most threes in an all-star game was held by a former Thunder player, Paul George, with nine. He obliterated that, Steph did. He had 16 threes. He was pulling up from everywhere. Steph was also going off for a good cause. Before the game even started, he pledged to give $1,000 for every point he scored, $3,000 for every three he made, and $10,000 if he won the All-Star Game MVP. How much money do you think he racked up? I have no idea. I, I, couldn't, I can't even wrap my brain One hundred and eight thousand dollars holy crap for the metro school district in cleveland so shout out to steph yes Um, this was this would be a good trivia thing for you i guess steph and lebron were actually born in the same hospital in cleveland that's crazy it is crazy. i didn't even know that they were born in cleveland Mm -hmm. um i'm new to basketball this has been a big learning experience for me so michael always hits me with the the most random facts just to boggle my mind um, and then it was fun, you know, LeBron to go back to Cleveland where he's from and hit that game winner was really, really cool. And then just watching different guys play together who usually aren't together. Like you had Team LeBron with Jokic, LeBron, and Steph on one team, which was just ridiculous how those guys could play together and how smart they are. They're all like supercomputers out there. And then um, you had the first ever year of the Kobe Bryant Memorial All-Star Game MVP. That was really cool to see. His family was out there and they gave them an award and stuff like that. I love that. Who won? Uh, it was Steph Curry. Oh, I love that. And then, uh, of course, the Top 75 ceremony. I just love the history of basketball, and it's just so cool. Like, the NFL did their Top 100, but I think the NBA has been, like, the standard of honoring their legends and bringing people back all the time. Like, they have Bill Russell, who famously won, like, 11 championships. He comes back every year for the finals to give the finals MVP trophy out. But just to see all those guys, like seeing Michael Jordan and LeBron hug and seeing all these guys in their suits together in that giant picture, I just love the history of the game. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. I, I, it would be so cool to go to one of those games one day just to see all of those amazing stars play together. But not only was there the all-star game, there was the rising star game that we got to see Josh Giddy play in. He wasn't overwhelmingly um, going for all the points and stuff. I think he was a really great teammate, and he distributed the ball really good to, to let a lot of younger players shine. But we also saw Scoot Henderson, a 17-year-old, mm-hmm. playing in the Ignite on the Ignite team in the G League play. Like, that was just insane. We didn't really expect a, mu- a lot from him because, you know, he's 17. He's playing against guys who have been 
you know, in the NBA for a year is playing with guys like Giddy. And so just for him being 17 and being there is absolutely insane. Yeah, it's a great way, uh, way to showcase count, uh, talent. I mean, the G League is going to be a very big thing. I think the NBA is trying to take some notes from the European soccer system of just having like a farm system of guys who get prepared for the league. And I think it's a really good option alternatively to college basketball for these guys who don't necessarily want to go to class. I would love to make millions of dollars playing basketball and not go to class right now. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's cool for those guys. And that's way more national exposure than a lot of these other guys are going to get who are in college outside of March Madness. And you get to see guys like Scoot Henderson, as you mentioned, go against guys like Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley, who we know are good, and you can get a better feel for it. But it was a lot of fun. Um, What did you think about the... Elam ending so basically what that is in the all-star game they went to a certain score rather than time so I think it's like uh, so like the rookie game they went to 50 so you're guaranteed a game-winning shot rather than just like time playing out the time so I thought that was fun. I'd rather not the game end on a free throw, but it was cool. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's great in theory. I would love to just see the game play out, though, because as, especially like we've seen the Thunder this year, they've been a very last minute team. You know, they, they're really good about closing that gap. And so it would have been really cool to see what would happen if they did have to close that gap, just seeing the younger players trying to, you know, make those bigger plays. But I do like the idea of, you know, at 50 clock shuts off everything shuts off game over yeah I like that I think they might add that to the in-season tournament they've talked about adding before but I'm with you I think it's historically speaking would be kind of damaging to the game where you've had 75 years of them playing 48 minutes and all this stuff and now you're going to change up the game by going to a certain score but maybe if you're doing it for a different thing like the play-in tournament or as I mentioned an in-season tournament it wouldn't mess things as up as much but I think it's a it's a fun little thing to add but just imagine if Steph Curry was playing to that 50 point limit like he he put up 50 points in the all-star game like he would have shut the game well, out that, just by himself that's what the thing is is every possession matters more yeah you have okay. to play a lot more defense every possession matters more because like in the all-star game traditionally it's just like Olay defense where they're just letting people run by them they're getting dunks it's a fan event so it's fun but the elam ending like last night uh, the for the all-star game it gets to the fourth quarter and that's when the game really starts as you know the target score and both teams know exactly how many points they need and there's not a time crunch where some team can just run out the clock i think it's fun Okay. Well, I'm glad you think it's fun. Did you watch that, f- oh, that super fun dunk contest? <sighs> that was not good. No, it was Jaylen not. Jalen Green, I um, I told a couple people I thought he'd be good in the dunk contest since he wouldn't have to do anything with his weaknesses such as dribbling, passing, shooting, or playing defense. So just, basketball? Just dunking. Yeah. So basketball? <laughs> yeah, his weakness is basketball, like they had in that Josh Giddy meme. But I think, I hope that there's a way to fix a dunk contest. I think we need to bring back people like Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon who who like they had so much fun with the dunk contest when they did it. And it's just kind of been slowly going downhill from there. Like it needs to be more creative. And I think the people playing it need to be more creative because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar left yeah, early. He walked out. He literally got up and walked out. Like that's so embarrassing. The dunk contest, you know, it's a weird thing because it's a volunteer thing. So... They can't make Zach Levine or LeBron be in the dunk contest. They have to, like, want to do it. 
But I think there's a couple of things that they could maybe do. Is I think there should be some incentives, like pay them to be in the dunk there's, contest. There's got to be a bigger cash prize for whoever wins. And Absolutely. then um, the dunk contest needs stars. Like, no offense to Obi Top and Cole Anthony, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Jalen Green, but you look at the best dunk contest of all time, and it's like there's stars and superstars. You have your Michael Jordans, your Kobe Bryants, your Julius Irvings, your Vince Carters, um, even guys like Blake Griffin and Zach Levine. You got to get names in a contest like that, especially if you want people to watch. But maybe this is something where the dunk contest needs to go and hibernate for like three years, and then we can get the hype back and then get some major stars in there. I agree. I like the hibernation theory. But I know you mentioned earlier the NFL honors 100 players. Mm -hmm. Um, So what if, or if we take the NBA, who's going to be on your next top 100? list in the next 25 years who do you have as people who have really made the sport who it is people who are constantly evolving the sport yeah for those who don't know you know they had the top 50 about 25 years ago this is why we're the top 75 now (laughs) it was also in cleveland but since uh then they've added a various number of guys to the list such as damian lillard Giannis, and tenacumbo kevin durant carmelo anthony james harden lebron james chris paul russell westbrook stephen curry anthony davis and Kawhi leonard of just guys who recently have played it's wild to think that the top 100 list is going to be in 2047 you and i are going to be 2047 you and i are going to be in our 40s by then wow that's wild so now we need to go back in that time and listen to this podcast and see if we were right i'll set my alarm yes I'll put that on my calendar. <laughs> mm-hmm. But some of the guys who I like, who I think will make the top 100 of guys who are playing right now, Dwight Howard should have made it anyways for the top 75. He was snubbed. Anthony Davis should not have made it over him. But Dwight Howard, three-time defensive player of the year. The only guys who won it more are Dikembe Mutombo and Ben Wallace. He's a five-time all-defensive player. He's an eight-time all-NBA player, five-time rebounding champion, 2020 NBA champion, two-time block champ. Oh, wow. List goes goes on. on. List goes on. Dwight Howard was also the best center in the NBA for a solid 10 years or something like that. I think he needs to be honored. He was the best player on a finals team. Next, you have the reigning MVP of Nikola Jokic. I think he definitely makes it. He's on track and on pace for it. And the same conversation, Joel Embiid. Those are the two best centers in the league right now and are Probably the two most dominant centers since Shaq. And then um, your guy, Luka Doncic, I think will make it. He's just, he's playing so well. He If you're in a conversation where you're putting up stats that haven't been done since early stage Michael Jordan and LeBron, I think you're in pretty good standing. Um, and then one of my favorite players of all time, Clay Thompson, should have made the list. He's the second best shooter of all time. He's one of the best 3 and D players of all time. He's a three-time NBA champion. He's a solid defender. And he's just a fun guy. I also had Luka Doncic. I mean, being from Dallas, being a big Mavs fan, um, I definitely think that he will be in the top 100. He is incredible, and he has been a star in the league, and I think he will continuously um, grow in this league. But also I I had Joel Embiid as well because Mm -hmm. he's amazing. He's in the running for MVP this season, and so I'm really excited to see, you know, what he's going to do in the next couple years as well. But I also had... Ja Morant. Yeah, I had him too as a wild card. I thought it was a little bit early, but just projecting. I think yeah, I, I feel like he he's he has that flashiness and that potential to really grow if he if he continues on the on the path that he's on right now. I feel like he could definitely get up there. Um, he, I mean, he is incredibly athletic, and his playmaking abilities are absolutely insane. I also had Demar Derozan. I think he's 
really consistent and he's been in this league year in and year out and has been a true leader for the Bulls team. Um, I think he can make a run for the title. I think that he could, it is a big possibility that he could be on the 100. I'd be really, really surprised if DeMar DeRozan made it. Really? I would. Yeah. He's been kind of a second tier all-star until this year where he's really broken out. But for a lot of those years, he was just losing to LeBron in the second round or stuff like that. There's a reason why they called it LeBronto for a while instead of Toronto because he was just beating those guys over and over and over. But I was thinking it's wild that in 25 years and 2047, not a single one of these guys who's in the league right now will still be playing. Yeah. Oh, uh, you never well, yeah, no one will ever be playing that long, but I mean, LeBron. LeBron, <laughs> you know, he's he's trying to I think Robert Parrish played like 20 years and that's the most ever or it was no, it was 22 years. It was Vince Carter. So there's the hypothetical possibility, but more than likely, not a single guy who's playing today will still be in the league. It's oh, just crazy. Absolutely. How long has LeBron been playing? Um, he's in year 18. He joined the league in 2003 when he was 18 years old. Okay, so if he's in year 18 right now, we're going to expect probably 22, 23 years once his son gets here. Yeah, he said his last year will be in 2024 when his son gets in the league. That's so crazy. We've got two and a half years of LeBron left. It, it's wild. And going back, to, uh, I meant to say this about the um, top 75 of getting all those old guys out there. I just think it's really cool to get them out there and get that picture and things because as sad as it is to say, a lot of these guys are not going to be around the next time they do the top 100. You can even go back and look at the top 50 of guys who have passed on since then, like Pete Maravich and Wilt Chamberlain. I think it's a great way to commemorate the history of this game because so many of these different guys have opened doors as social activists and leaders in the community and just... Just great guys. So I think it's really cool to honor guys like Jerry West and Kareem, who many people kind of forget about in the history of the game, but are really, really important. Absolutely. So there's also been a lot of buyouts recently, Mm -hmm. Um, but let's focus in on these two. Tristan Thompson to the Bulls and Dragic, Goran Dragic. Am I pronouncing that right? Okay. To the Brooklyn Nets. I'll start out with Tristan Thompson. Um, I really like this one for the Bulls. They have Nikola Vucevic as their starting center, who's a great offensive player, but he's not really anyone who is going to guard on the defensive end or be a big deterrent. And especially once you get in the playoffs where matchups really, really matter and you get a lot of these isolation plays where they try to like play somebody off the floor. So a lot of the playoffs, Haley, are just about finding the weakest link on defense and just targeting that person over and over and over until you take them out. It's... It's crazy, but that's how it happens sometimes. But I think Tristan Thompson will be good. He's obviously an NBA champion. He was on that Cleveland Cavaliers team in 2016 that won with LeBron and Kyrie after coming back 3-1 against the Warriors. He's a really versatile defender. He's later in his career, so he's definitely – he has some miles, but they're not asking him to do a lot. And then as far as Drogic, I was really surprised that he even signed with the Nets to begin with. It just seemed like there, there were better options for him out there. In terms of places like if he wanted to go play with Luca, Luca is um, somebody who looked up to Dragic for many years. They're from the same country. They played on the same national team. They've been wanting to play together in the NBA for a while, and then he had an opportunity and didn't take it. Dragic was also a member of the Miami Heat for a few years, and it seemed like a good place for him to maybe play there or even the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. But we got to talk about the reality, and the reality is he was with the Nets. So his fit, I think, I think it's going to be okay. He hasn't played in a year because they shipped him off to to Toronto in that uh, Kyle Lowry deal over the summer, and they just told him basically go home. 
and we don't need you to play because we're not trying to be great. So, Quote unquote personal matters. Personal matters. Yeah, he's been working out in Miami this whole time. I'm sure he's fine. But um, still, he hasn't played in a year, so you don't know, especially at a guy in his late 30s, how much that matters because you know those years start ticking by. Father Time is undefeated, no matter what LeBron wants us to think. But um, Dragic is a really good player. I think that he'll give them some great secondary ball handling, maybe off their bench. But I think Brooklyn, more than anything, needs more defense. I think he'll be able to add depth since Kyrie's unable to play the games in Brooklyn. I feel mm-hmm. like he's going to be a good filler for when they play at home. That's a good point. And then switch with Kyrie once they're back on the road. Haley, did you know that it is Tuesday? Yes, I did. February 2nd, 2022. And it's the twenty second of February. All twos. Are you? Oh my ready? gosh! Are you ready for Oklahoma City's two to come back? Shea Gilgis Alexander, number two. That was so smooth. That yeah. was so smooth. Everyone knows on here. I'm I'm not the biggest Shea fan, but I am really excited. He's, he's going to be see. back hopefully this week or next week. They said he's on track to return from that ankle it's injury. It's going to be interesting because this team has found a trio that works so well together. Baisley, Mann, and Giddy are young players who bounce the ball around super well, great passers, great shooters. Um, and so I'm really interested to see how Shea is going to come back in and fit into that dynamic that has been building over the past couple weeks. I mean, we all know Shea is an amazing um, scorer. He's really great at driving the ball down the court. But uh, I'm very. I want to see how this is going to affect the chemistry that we've been able to see on the. Well, and Lou Dort's probably going to come come back soon too. I love Dort. He, he's just does. so interesting to watch. And um, Michael told me this fun fact last week that he used to play soccer in mm-hmm. Canada. Yeah. Before he really got into basketball, and I see him more as a soccer player than I do as a basketball player. But he's just such a phenomenal. Um, basketball player he's great at blocking really great at making those shots possible and recently we've been able to see him shoot more so mm-hmm. that has been very detrimental to um, the Thunder without Shea so I'm, I'm excited to see these two be- veterans back however I wonder what is going to happen to the power trio I think we need to first settle our expectations and be a little patient when he comes back because he's been gone for like a month and a half and as you has mentioned has it been that long? It, it feels like it's been a while but um probably not a month and a half but it's been close to a month yeah it's been close to a month but um you know you mentioned those guys building chemistry and getting into rhythm together so it's gonna be kind of weird just from the start of your giving you're putting back in a guy who averages 25 points or so who needs a lot of those touches so some of those guys as we mentioned who played uh, better just merely out of the fact that like someone has to score those points their touches are going to go down a little bit but I'm excited to see what Shea does. He's a great leader, and he's not dumb. He's seeing how they're playing. Absolutely. And he's definitely going to try to fit in the best he can and try to find a winning formula. But as we've talked about, it's not about winning this year. So just building chemistry between he and Giddy. But personal, um, I guess, between those two, personally, it looks like they really enjoy playing together and hanging out. So if you have guys who like each other and who are super smart and who are going to work that hard, They'll figure it out. Exactly. And honestly, 
playing basketball, it all comes down to the locker room. If you don't like your teammates, you're not going to do well on, on the court. Like, that's just how it's going to be. And it's it's sad to say that, but it's the same for every sport. Like, if you're not having that good locker room mindset, not being surrounded by those people, you're not going to see the advancements that you want to see or the scores that you want to see because you're not going to work together at the end of the day. There's always going to be that tension. And so for them to have, you know, such a great bond and them knowing, you know, this year they're not going to go win a national championship. This year they're they're rebuilding that they're rebranding and so it's really i'm i'm definitely excited for the rest of the season and just seeing how it will play out yeah there have been different combinations of guys who didn't really like each other who have won you know your kobe and Shaq, but the dynasties and the ones that stick together for a while and win at a high level for a long time i mean Shaq and kobe were a dynasty but you look at the teams like golden state with all those guys like the synergy between draymond steph and clay um, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen as a combination. You had San Antonio with Tim Duncan, Mino Ginobili, Greg Popovich, and Tony Parker. But I think this is a really good sign. I'm very excited just to get some Thunder basketball back in general, but especially to see Shea and Giddy play again. Absolutely. Do you have any predictions? Who's going to win the first game? If, are the Thunder going to win their first game against the Suns? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> I agree. I, I, I think Chris Chris Paul's not going to play, but Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and just some of the pieces they have, I think, are going to be too much. The Suns have been like a well-oiled machine all year. Oh, absolutely. You you predicted them to go all the way this year, so mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to be a good game, and I, I want to see how the Thunder is going to keep up because they're they have been really great at closing those those gaps against really great teams. So, but unfortunately, that is all the time that we have today. Um, I'm so honored to be here with Michael, who did amazing in trivia. And again, my name is Haley Hurst. Please go follow us on our socials at The Thundergrad on Instagram and tune in on Thursday.